0: All right, we are live for RTD Live Talk. Excited to be back for another live stream. And as always, it's always good to reconnect with a prior guest that always does a great job of elaborating and, and really breaking it down for us. So today I have a returning guest, Mr. Charles Hugh Smith. He's an author, blogger, commentator, you name it. So, Charles, how are you doing?
1: Well, pretty good, Mike. Uh, just locked down like a lot of other places in the country.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And so
1: the, the the one of the
0: benefits is that you you're locked down in an area where the weather's you, is pretty good year round so you can get a good breeze through and so I I'm, I'm in I'm in Detroit, Michigan so it's a little cold outside so I really can't really can't venture too far without a coat if that so uh different weather conditions for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't complain about the steady steady state weather, you know, but yeah. uh, that's good. I know All it, right. gets it gets hot in the Detroit area, too, in summer, though, because that's I, when I not, was there. Not
0: as much as it used to. When I was younger, we used to have those scorching, hot summers, but now it's been mild and, you know, so – I mean, I guess uh, global warming, global cooling, global, global something I might throw out there. But, you know, but uh, happy to have you on. And so I want to jump right into it. And as always, for those that are watching, as we're getting, going along this discussion, feel free to ask questions directly. And we're going to open up the phone lines and have people call in just to, you know, ask questions directly. So my very first question, Charles, is right now um, we are at the end of March. And so I want to touch on a little bit of March. And all the things that transpired in March and then we'll transition to April and what we think might be coming in April. So um, this past month, uh, we saw thousand day drops in a Dow and all types of things. And then an emergency cut to zero with unlimited quantitative easing. You know, is that what you've always thought, like the beginning of the end, like to where we see things like this?
1: Well, that's a great topic, Mike, because like we're we're really in a, in in the moment, right? Like we're we're in like day to day volatility, as you say, and uh, but we also have to wonder about the longer term effects of what's going on. Like the Fed yeah. has never printed this much money this quickly, even in yeah. 2008. So we're going well. What's that going to lead to? And uh, so uh, we won't know the, the the full consequences for months. You know of, of what the, what's going on now, but it it looks um, it looks like they're saving the usual suspects, which is corporate America and the banks. Um, and 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 I, I have to say, I'm amazed. You know, like a lot of other people, the Feds uh, repo their repurchase agreements a trillion dollars a day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's like larger than most countries' entire economies. You know, yeah. so something's broken underneath the surface, or so they wouldn't be needing to buy. A trillion dollars a day of junk from the banks. Yeah. And, and what, what really, really amazes me is that, you know, without
0: even like going deep into it and understanding how they operate, I hear all these articles about all these uh, lending facilities that are being created and all these windows and back doors, and they're accommodating funds to central banks to meet their obligations in dollars. And, and so it looks like the Federal Reserve is not only just concerned with the economy here, but also the global economy. And so You know, the name of the show is Rethinking the Dollar, and it's always been my belief that at some point we're going to reach a point where the dollar will no longer be respected and and, and wanted around the world. Now, do you think activity like this will will speed that up, or is there still, in your opinion, a a short term and
1: possibly long term demand for Federal Reserve currency? Well, that's a great question, Mike, and um, you know, there's it's kind of like a head fake, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it it, could because. Um, you know, kind of like oil. You know, there's there's definitely less cheap oil in in, in the world. To, you know, it's it's harder to get the oil. So, but in price is collapsing, right? Because of all the things we've read about Saudis and and Russia and so on. So that's kind of a head fake. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean oil is going to stay. You know, twenty dollars a barrel forever. And the mm-hmm. same case is with the dollar. Right now, we read about a dollar shortage, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of foreign entities b- borrowed in dollars because it was cheaper than their local currency. And then now they need to get dollars and they're scrambling. Um, And so so we see the dollar going up like crazy. Right. It's kind of one of those uh, head fake things over time, though, as you say, you know, you're printing trillions of dollars and you're not distributing it into the real economy. Then eventually you're going to get inflation and that's going to eat away at the purchasing power of your currency. And, and not to say that there's going to be a winner in any other currency. I mean, it, it could very well be the Chinese yuan, the, the European euro, Japanese yen. All the currencies go down together. <laughs> yeah, I do agree. So
0: somebody mentioned here, uh, let me put this on the screen here, uh, from Prabara says, uh, how does Smith see this affecting the ordinary ordinary people? So how, how, so can you go a little bit more in depth as to how these type of monetary policies, and you hinted at you know, eroding purchasing power, do you see this short term stimulus, these, the checks that's come in and their need to probably do a lot more of that, really uh, eat away the purchasing power? And will there be a supply shortage that would make it inflation become problematic as prices have to go up? I'm assuming. What are, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, that's a good question, uh, Mike. And I'm, I'm appreciate, appreciative uh, of, of the listener uh, bringing up what the effect will be on ordinary people. And um, as ordinary people, we know that prices have been going up a lot. Mm-hmm. for the last 15 years, right? I mean, yeah. especially in healthcare, childcare, but even in fast food, you know, I mean, my own uh, thing was the burrito index, you know, <laughs> like my burrito at the taco truck used to be 250 and now it's 650. And you tell me there's no inflation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we all, we all know that kind of stuff and rinse uh, skyrocketing. So I think the impact is going to hurt uh ordinary people in a number of ways number one small businesses are going to get hurt because their costs have gone up so much it's hard for them to stay open you know yeah. uh, I mean the rents when when you could rent a storefront for you know a thousand two thousand dollars you could squeak by but now it's five thousand six thousand bucks for a, a you know place for a restaurant or a cafe so yeah. that's why these guys uh, the owners can only survive a few weeks without uh without income so I'm not sure that's going to, uh, you know, the 1,200 bucks is going to save the day, um, but I do think the uh, the Congress did did a couple of things good, which is they increased the unemployment, because you know unemployment's most states it's not enough to really replace your wage, right? So they yeah. they they, they increased that. That's going to be a big plus. So I think I don't know. I'm curious what you think. Yeah. I think the Congress is doing a little more QE for the people finally, right? Mm-hmm. And so that will help, you know, Uh, higher unemployment, that 1200 bucks. Now they may have to redo that 1200 bucks for another couple of (laughs) months. Yeah,
0: I I actually I did a video that I did a video earlier today based upon some of the unemployment data that that, that was projected as the Federal Reserve mentioned that uh, they're seeing third 47 million jobs lost or something like that. And my thought was, you know, based upon this current health crisis and, and this additional 30 days of you know, no, no one being able to really leave out because of the social distancing, I can see all the numbers they threw out being doubled or tripled now, because if, if they, if, if people aren't, are not working, this first round of stimulus was probably factored in as being a one month or as Mnuchin said, what he said, eight to 12 weeks worth of funds, but then that's going to take us well into the beginning of uh, beginning of summer where they're going to need a phase two. And then even Mnuchin slipped out the fact that they're working on another bill. And so it's like they're going to have to eventually throw that, you know, universal basic income type of lingo in there because it might be months before we can get back to working. Nevertheless, recover from all the losses. And so, yeah, I see UBI being set up probably end of summer and it being a monthly allotment or some kind like that. What about you think these are great grounds for the introduction of helicopter money, as we've always assumed it might be coming?
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, before we started recording, you mentioned supply and demand. And so, you know, supply shock, uh, you know, obviously globalization, I think in general is going to take a big hit. Right. Because everyone's wondering, well, how come all the all of our masks and and medications are made in China? Is that really a a bright idea? (laughs) And so as so we can imagine that, you know, if we're a manufacturer, and we're going to try to bring some some uh, manufacturing back home to North America. Yeah, that's going to cost some money, right? You're going to either have to buy new equipment, set it up, hire new managers. I mean, you know, so it, costs are going to go up. And, and I think in the long term, though, Mike, I think it's a positive. You know, like globalization has not been a winner uh, for the average person, in my view. So uh, less globalization, more uh, more production here. Hey, more jobs, more supply chain stuff here, and. And, and safer, right? Like we're not yeah. dependent on some other uh, country for essentials. I think that, that'll that be a good move. In terms of UBI, yeah, I think it's obvious because the demand side, well, if people can't afford to buy anything, then obviously that's going to um, destroy the economy right there. Yeah. And I also believe that, you know,
0: getting back to made in America would be great, but I think we, we probably have a long way before we get to that point because we have to you know, ride this current health situation out because, I, I, you know, from all the information being given, all they're focusing on right now is just providing tests and providing ventilators. And the vaccine, they say is 12, to 18 months. So if they are literally waiting on some type of solid vaccine to really, you know, be a, a, a solution to this problem or, you know, something to cover it up, that's going to be next year. So we wouldn't be We I don't think we would get back to actually producing anything until all that blows over which could be you know another year or two so it's yeah we're in very interesting times that it leaves so much uncertainty because you don't know how this is going to play out whether you know it'll get better in the summertime or whether this is just something
1: that's going to be seasonal or i don't know (laughs) man yeah well let me ask you uh a question it's that it's been on my mind which is what's the psychology going to be for the ordinary person is our psychology going to change, and so? it's it, we, we're not sure. Right. I mean, yeah. we're, we're social animals. So we're missing that sociability and we yeah. still want to get out there as soon as we can. But on the other hand, uh, I, I feel a lot of people are going to be feeling like, wow, I don't have enough savings. You know, what if mm-hmm. something else happens like this or re, re-emerges in fall, like people are saying, so I'm going to, I got to start saving money, which means cutting back on stuff. And yeah. I think that, that could affect the economy. People might be expecting a so-called V shaped recovery, like a quick, Boost as everybody runs out and wants to, uh, you know, socialize and go to restaurants again and everything. But I think there's going to be a bigger urge to save money, and that's not a bad thing, right?
0: Yeah, and so I, I see that. I see I see that scenario playing out as well. But I think if if this quarantine situation lasts, and then I don't see people consuming as much because online shopping is what will be the only way they can do it. And apart from your Amazons that. My, in Walmarts, they might be the only two major corporations is fully operational, whereas in all the smaller grocery stores, I imagine out of just sheer concern for health, a lot of people will end up dropping out of the workforce voluntarily out of concern to where the idea of saving as well. The idea of saving funds in the same time that they're going to be creating a large amounts of reserves and accommodating all types of things. It, to me, it sounds dangerous, but yet I think it could it could prolong the life cycle of the Federal Reserve note a little bit longer because we won't necessarily see massive amounts of inflation or lack of confidence in the currency. So uh, I think psychologically, as time goes on, us not being able to interact with one another, I, I think we're going to be, you know, a lot of people are going to lose their mind being stuck in the house because we're, we're so used to being able to, to connect with, especially with family. And so um, I, I think as this blows as this one winds, I think when we get back to being able to interact with one another, there's still going to be that stigma of like, you know, will this thing come back? And if someone sneezes, like I was in a store a week or two ago, somebody sneezed and everybody was like, like, whoa, like, you know, off a of sneeze. I am thinking like that's how paranoid we can become as this thing goes on to where the new norm might be ducking and dodging a, a cough, for sneeze. And so, yeah, it, it, I think it's going to go crazy. And so I have a little question here, a, a chat, super chat that I want to touch on. It says, hi, Mike, is the stimulus payment a one time payment or is it a one going weekly, monthly payment? Joe, do you do? uh, Charles, you want to touch on that? Or so as of now, it's just that one time that we're told, correct?
1: Right. But uh, like like you were just discussing, we um, we're both looking ahead and going, well, look at if this thing is uh, crushing demand, you know, and and 30, 40 million people have lost their jobs or, or had their hours cut. Then we're anticipating that it might become a monthly. yeah yeah. And, and and instead of coming to Congress every thirty days and and having all the pork barrel stuff, um, you know, bailing out Boeing and you know <laughs> all all these guys who who uh, <laughs> basically benefited from the the stock market bubble, um, it, it might be better just to pass one bill you know, and, and, yeah. and, and make it monthly until this whole thing blows over, which as you say, could be a year, you know, six yeah. months, a year. So I'm, I, that would be wise. Now that's, that's you and I, that's what we believe and we would recommend that, but it's not yet uh, law. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's going to be the, uh, the questionable part. So as always, for those that are watching, feel free to continue to ask questions and eventually we're going to open the phone lines up, but I, I always got a gang of questions to ask. So uh, I'm curious, Charles, to get your thoughts on this current scramble. What looks like a scramble for metals, and so all the online dealers, to so what I've saw and what I've seen, is they're, they're they don't know they no longer they no longer have supply. They have a two or three week waiting hold or whatever on metals. So, do you see the shelves or an inventory coming back in to supply the demand for metals in this current environment?
1: Well, that's right. That's an excellent question, Mike. And I don't, I mean, I have asked, uh, I don't have any direct contact with the wholesalers, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, but I've asked people who do. And um, I said, are they going to get it directly from the mines? I mean, exactly where's the new metal going to come from? And he said, he doesn't think they know, you know, like the, it's like another supply chain that's totally disrupted. And of course, um, if the mines get shut down because somebody, um, one of the miners, gets the virus, you know, tested positive, then, um, you know, that that could uh, put a monkey wrench in, in future supply as well. But I think it's, um, don't you think it's like a positive uh, response in the, in the sense that people are, uh, they're making an assessment of the situation and going, wow, I need some savings that are not um, going to be inflated away, like paper money. So yeah. therefore, the rush for for metals and it's it's extraordinary. I mean, there's none in the whole system. That's right. what I've been hearing, and so that that's never happened in my lifetime.
0: Yeah. And and the biggest issue on top of that is not only is it not available, but yet there's the decoupling of the price from the actual the physical cost of when you can find some. Like the premiums are out out of the out of this roof right now, and so one of my concerns is as I mentioned, it's just me you know put put my tinfoil hat on you know every now and then. I, I mentioned how and possibly in April if there is a restocking of shells for a lot of online dealers, and I don't see the mints actually being able to meet supply right away, because as soon as they announce that they have something in inventory, I'd imagine they're going to reach an all time high of everything gold, silver, you name it to where it's going to be going like that. So I don't see them actually wanting to, you know, announce that they're going to be opening up sales for metals because they're going to see a demand. And my personal opinion is this next go round, if they actually are able to get something to source out to sell, that's going to be the last go round because the mines will be shutting down as we're hearing all around the world. And because of the healthcare, I don't think, I don't think the governments and central banks consider, um, you know, the mines being operational right now as essential, <laughs> given the fact that it's a backdoor out of the currency situation. So I see there being an issue to where this next go round might be the last little bit of supply we can actually receive in metals for, uh, as your, as- your average consumer as well. So and that, that'd be spooky because as of now, it's good to say that it might be too late if you don't have it already or already have a little some so not sure and so we have another question i want to throw out to you it says uh can you ask mr smith to talk about the oil situation at the end of the day civilization requires uh case calories and btu and without oil you have no modern civilization
1: a great topic and we touched <laughs> on oil real briefly and um so he, again i'm no I, I don't claim any expertise in oil i follow it like like a lot of other people do i try to look at other people who are experts and read what they think and so yeah. it's pretty clear that um oil is going to get more expensive to extract because we we've already pumped all the easy stuff right? yeah. <laughs> the stuff that was under pressure that was close to the surface and so you got these um, super giant fields right in mm-hmm. in um in in, in the mid east and uh, here in the U.S., we used to have super giant fields in Texas and 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 California. We basically depleted the easy stuff, and so that's what's happening in the North Sea and um, other other fields. And so we can look ahead and go. Well, you know, if we're going to go down like we uh, do in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, we're going to go down into the uh, out in the ocean, and we're going to drill down, you know, five thousand, ten thousand feet. That's going to cost a couple billion dollars just to get the platform set up. So if you look ahead, you go, "Wow, oil's eventually going to cost more money because it's going to cost the producers more to get it out of the ground." So hmm. this oil price war between the Saudis and and Russia has, has uh, to me, it's like a head fake. It's dropped the price of oil ridiculously low because there the, the, the demand globally has dropped like twenty percent overnight. Yeah, and uh, so that may that may last a while because you you know if tourism continues to be down and people are hesitant or you know don't have the money what are you gonna do with all that jet fuel <laughs> yeah you know so we could we could see low oil prices extend for I don't know six six months nine months but at some point there it's it's gonna have to go up to what it costs to get it out of the ground and refine it now what about uh so to, uh,
0: without me knowing much I think I ha- I had uh who I, f- I forgot who it was I interviewed a while back who was more knowledgeable in oil so I got a good take from them but to my knowledge, a lot of the, the 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 operations that have been taken on has been b- on borrowed funds. And so if, the, if they're not producing any type of revenue off of what they're getting, what happens to all that those bad loans that will be defaulted on because the oil price is so low? So w- will the Federal Reserve be in purchasing and propping up and keeping those things liquid as well, you think? Or are they already? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good question, Mike, you know, yeah. And, and what you, what we're talking about here uh, for, for the listeners is, um, you know, that the U.S. Uh, used to pump about four or five million barrels of oil a day. Like this was back when when Bush was president, but 10, 12 years ago. And then this whole fracking industry uh, and technology where they, you know, push uh, sand and and uh, water, in, and and they break up the the rock that contains the oil, and then they get more oil than they thought there was, you know, it, in, in the reserves, right? Because. Yeah. And so that that's increased uh, oil production in this in the U.S. by like five million barrels a day. I mean, we're we doubled our production of oil up to the same level, similar to the Saudis in Russia, about 10 million barrels a day. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge increase. And it did require um, a lot of capital, right, which was borrowed, as you say, yeah. now at twenty dollars a barrel. Uh, it's it's a question mark. How many of those fracking companies can can actually re- make a profit? And, and the general answer seems to be basically none of them. And yeah. so they're going to have to shut down, and um, and that's going to cut the production, and it's also going to take out a lot of high paying jobs. That's another uh, bad uh, result of this. Yeah,
0: and as you're mentioning that, I can also I can also see how there might be a stoppage of work because of the health situation, and I, you know, I would assume that that would that would be labeled as essential. But then again, you know, when it comes to your health, I don't think a lot of people will show up anyway if it if it became a problem like that. So I'm um, I'm curious to get your thoughts um, on the recent announcements of I'm not or I'm assuming you you stay in tune, but with the digital dollar. And so as a part of what the Federal Reserve, they're going to eventually roll out within that stimulus package, some type of new payment system using what they call a digital dollar or might be called the E-dollar. Now, what are your thoughts on them rebranding the Federal Reserve note and bringing the Treasury and the the Fed together and issuing that? I think it's going to be called E-dollar because I saw about central bank digital currencies. I think they have the E-crona being sampled and the E-peso. And so there's a couple e so what do you think about the E-dollar? Is that something that uh, we're going to end up having to live with as they probably remove cash along the way?
1: That's a great topic, Mike. And uh, yeah, the E-dollar, digital dollar, it's kind of like, uh, as I understand it, kind of a competitor to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, right? Like everyone's looking at Bitcoin going, wow, this thing, you know, has big demand. So let's just have a government version of it. Yeah. But of course, there's a big difference. Bitcoin, you cannot just create when you feel like it. it, yeah. it it's only created when it's mined, which means the, that somebody's computer is using money and electricity to uh, maintain the blockchain. And so that's where you get your Bitcoin and Bitcoin only, you know, about 21 million is all of that will be created. Mm-hmm. But this e-dollar, well, what's what's to keep them from pr- from printing 10 trillion of it and giving it away to corporate America. I mean, so it, yeah. it seems like, as you say, it's, it's kind of a shuck and jive. Like it's how, how different is it from the federal reserve note other than they're not going to have paper uh, equivalents, you know, and then without paper equivalents, uh, then you get rid of the informal economy. And, um, that, that, that raises a lot of issues, which I'm sure you've covered in depth, right? Like, yeah. uh, Therefore, you can't pay in cash, then you can't have any kind of informal uh, economy, which is a big part of um, of, of uh, life in, in rural America or, um, you know, uh, people that, that can't make uh, a lot of money in the formal economy, then they can make money in the informal economy. So I would say getting rid of cash is a very bad thing. Yeah,
0: and I think that within the next couple of months, they're going to use the 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 health scare on top of it to say that it's it's carrier of this virus and the cash ban, and so I I see all this working out quite well according to what I I think was already part of the plan anyway. So it's just amazing. I never imagined uh, a pandemic or health situation like this coming coming about. I thought it was always going to be war, but now I guess you know we're against we're in a war, but against an invisible enemy, as Trump loves to mention. And so it's interesting that you know. I guess we still are at war, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Mike, you know, uh, speaking of this whole uh, of the of the pandemic, um, you know, I, I read a lot of things, and I'm sure you have too. So I'm curious your opinion of it. Mm-hmm. Is this one of those "don't let a crisis go to waste" things? Yeah, it, that's it, you know. So that in other words, they're gonna jack up uh surveillance, they're gonna take away uh, civil liberties, they're gonna get rid of paper money, <laughs> they're gonna do everything they dreamed of. <laughs> yeah. And so and so all these all these very
0: same topics. I did a video the other day about uh you know having a, a national tracking system for to, to keep tabs of everybody, and it'll be easy, it'll be convenient to put people in that database if they're you know, po- you know, you know, it is healthcare, if they if they test positive, it'll be easy to put them in there. Give or take their survival, you know, of the situation. But it'll be easier to roll out all types of things that will restrict us from having an opportunity to choose because not right now everything is labeled national emergency. So everything's been done for our best interest, supposedly. But yet, like with the, the prior event we had 20 years ago with 9-11, whenever stuff is rolled out, it's never rolled back in. So whatever they're gonna bring out now in, in the name of fighting this invisible enemy, we might have to live with. here on out and that's the scary part because right now we're at their mercy because we're forced to stay in the house and just you know talk via internet so uh it's quite scary but i want to make a i want to comment and i'm curious to get your thoughts because someone in the chat referenced that uh jm uh, jm bullion has plenty of poor man's gold it's not a silver shortage silver silver holders will say anything to pump the price of silver and so (laughs) i want to just actually show this because one of my concerns is not necessarily that there's a shortage of silver, but it's going to be if it's affordable. And so right here at the very top, it mentions that, you know, it's a 15 plus business days is the time frame that you can expect your, your delivery. But then it's like, uh, we also have a temporary hold on, on orders of 299 at a minimum dollar. So unless you're going to buy spend more than 300, you won't actually be able to acquire this metal right away, but not everybody is able to do that. So, It's still a scarcity in the fact that they're restricting how it can be purchased as opposed to just being about one or two coins. So, you know, it's one of the things where we'll see how much long that lasts. But I think after this 15 day window or however long, it may not be as easy to source, in my personal opinion. So I just wanted to
1: comment on that from the person watching. (laughs) Uh, Right, right. And, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about the volatility in precious metals, um, yeah. which, you know, hey, I I confess I'm, I'm surprised as heck that, you know, gold dropped one hundred and fifty bucks and, and they, yeah. they slammed silver from like 14 to 11. Yeah. And people ask me, well, why why did this happen? And, um, you know, one of the theories out there is uh, that uh, a lot of people, you know, big players in the financial markets, um, they got they, they they're too uh, heavily indebted. Right. They have mm-hmm. basically margin. Calls and they got to raise cash, and so they're selling their precious metals because um, the value is still high. Where the, yeah. the stocks that they they gambled on might have fallen a third or you know forty percent, so they um, rather than sell that stuff, which has uh, lost so much of its value, they're they're unloading their precious metals, and so that may be one reason why we got this. But I don't know. Do, do you have any insight into why the volatility's been so high in gold and silver?
0: So so from what I've gathered from watching a variety of other commentators is just the 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 issues with the in the paper market, like the fact that oh, demand man. demand is high and the LBMA is not able to, or the comics is not able to really source, and there's more people now wanting physical at the same time that the price and all the issue and all the demand and attention is on gold. And so they're running low on actual physical, being able to deliver and fulfill some of those contracts. So according to what I'm reading or whatever, they're trying to source it from the LBMA and Changing the game, changing the, the the game, changing the rules of the game on how they can deliver, whether it's the hundred bars or the four hundred ounce bars, and they have to, you know, try to basically at the last minute now scramble to just shuffle the deck a little bit to make it look like you know the gold is there and it's gonna be actually be able to be delivered. And that's gonna be an issue because from what I'm also reading about Europe, I mean, everybody's cracking down on on letting their gold go. Everybody who has claims to it, they now want the physical. So that might lead into more of a panic to where, you know, I can see smaller bullion dealers or whatnot holding back a little as well, because at this current price, you know, it it costs more to come out the ground than you actually paying for it now to, to hold it on top of the, apart from adding a premium. So I think there's going to be issues, man. And that's why I think this right now, if you can find it, you know, right now might be your best time. And so let me ask you a question. As far as this stimulus is coming and I share my opinion, but I'm curious to get yours as they're going to be printing or increasing the reserves digitally as well as eventually paper but but sending it out to citizens eventually it's going to become a problem with too much currency now as for in your opinion you know how would you allocate some of those funds like you know knowing that you know if you get a monthly check outside of your needs or whatever would you be looking to diversify into in, or save or to buy tangible goods and services that I would appreciate over time. What are some things that you might consider doing if you you know, were in that situation?
1: Right. Well, this, this is, uh, too, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, this is, uh, this is really the core of, of one of the, the core uh, topics of your, uh, of your uh, site and show, you know, Mike is like, how do we adapt? You know, how do we get ahead of the curve on this inflation, which we no. know is coming because everybody, every central bank and and government is printing money like crazy. And, you know, the general theory here is if you don't, if you create a bunch of extra money and you don't create goods and services in the real economy, then you're going to get inflation because all that that new money is going to be chasing the same pool of goods and services. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just uh, reading this book called uh, 1493 about how um uh, what, how the discovery of the new world changed the economies in China and and Europe. Mm -hmm. And there was inflation, even, even when they used silver because the Spanish discovered so much silver Mm -hmm. (laughs) that the money supply tripled and they got, they got hyperinflation even using silver. So it just goes to show if you're going to increase your money supply and you're not creating any more goods and services, you're going to get inflation. So what do we do? Okay. Well, Precious metals. And I, I'm a fan of Bitcoin. It's super volatile. It's not something that you want to gamble on, I think, but if you wanted to put a little bit of your savings in, in a, in a cryptocurrency, um, that that's, that could uh, be a hedge against inflation. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'd say starting a micro business, you know what I mean? What can no. you trade in terms of your labor or expertise or skills that um that you got your own little network of of creating value for your friends and family and um, and other people doing you know some kind of enterprise and so mm. you know because that's what I call controlling your own capital you know yeah. like I, I'm not a big fan of, of of like putting my money in a mutual fund which is some you know 25 year old gambler yeah <laughs> I'd rather control my own capital right. and that
0: includes my labor right
1: yeah. Ah, Good point there.
0: So I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. We're going to get ready to wind down pretty soon. So I'm curious to get your thoughts of as as the whole planet is facing this current issue. And so it, we were told it, it originated in China and we've heard stories about their numbers. So uh, no one really believes their numbers. But do, do you think this entire health situation on top with the with the financial meltdown underneath is this a part of that global reset that we've all mentioned or thought is coming is this are we on a are we on a pathway to when this blows over being in a completely under a different monetary system in your
1: opinion great love that question like i think that that's exactly where my focus is you know cuz mm-hmm. i i would kind of try to summarize it like this the two biggest drivers of our lives and our economy in the last 20 years has been globalization and financialization, you know, turning everything into some um, asset that can be sold, you know, commoditized, meaning it can be sold anywhere. So you got subprime mortgages in, 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 you know, in the U S that were sold to some, you know, uh, you know, pension fund in Norway or whatever. So, so those two things were starting to erode before this hit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, global trade was kind of slowing down and and, and financialization was no longer really it was it was um, breaking down, which is why the Fed had to had to start its, um, you know, repo thing in, in September. So these two big trends that were controlling our lives for the last 20 years, dominating it, mm-hmm. they were already kind of topping out and rolling over. And so now the, the coronavirus has just kind of kicked Um, this kind of crumbling shack (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that and so and so it it just needed some kind of trigger you know and who knows what it might have been but in this case it's 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 the virus the pandemic Mm -hmm. and so um, but I think we have to look at the structural flaws in those things uh, and that's why we're going to end up with a different monetary system is is those uh, globalization and financialization when they go into retreat or reverse like the tides have shifted Hmm. Then bailing out corporate America and the banks is no longer going to work. That's not going to. That's not going to help the real economy. And and the the, the general public is going to rebel against that um, that whole mentality. And and uh, you know printing money and giving it to the to the financial elites. That that's a that's that's not a um, that's not going to win any elections any anymore. I think so. We're going to ha- end up with a different political system, I think a different understanding and a different economy and, and eventually a different monetary system for sure. Interesting. Wow. Well, Charles Hugh Smith, as always, I want to respect, you know, it's still
0: early for you. And so I want to respect the rest of your day. So I appreciate you as always uh, joining me here on Rethinking the Dollar because you do a great job of landing out. And uh, man, just I thank you for taking time to join us here. Um, any last thoughts Did you want to leave us with? And I'll actually point people back to your blog so they can get a chance to see your work. So, any last thoughts you want to leave us with here before we uh, dial back and just say good evening or good day or good night for me, good morning for you? But anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, Mike, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I I think it's gonna. Uh, I, I wrote recently about the new frugality, and I and I mm-hmm. think that we've been kind of like uh, free spending. You know, borrow and spend. You know, uh, we the tide was running like uh, you know everybody's getting more prosperous, and now we might. Um, be in a situation where there's going to be less uh, borrowing and less spending, and so mm-hmm. I think uh, frugality is going to is going to come back into fashion. Yeah. And, uh, that and uh, control your own capital. You know, do do the best you can with what you have, and uh, save and invest instead of spend. <laughs> save and invest instead of spend. I hear you. All right. Well, Charles, it's been
0: great once again. I appreciate everybody taking time to join us and to share your thoughts in the chat and go back and forth. I see a lot of uh, gold and silver comments in the chat and people talking about pricing and stuff like that. So not a, not a gang of questions today, but uh, hope to have you on you know, in the weeks or months ahead and when your schedule is available and have you on and see where we're at then and get your thoughts. So once again, Charles, it's been great hanging out and thanks for joining me on RTD. Be blessed. Thank everybody. you very
1: much. Thank you, Mike. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs>